What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky S hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Trending up, Graham. Trending up. Feeling a little better. Um, that's good. I'm still a little... I think this is the last week I'll be kind of depressed about this. Yeah. That's I mean, still in the back of my mind. Sure. It, it's going to be replaying in our minds over and over again. Um, but I got to the point where, you know, early this week, I tried to listen to our last episode, and I just got so sad. Imagine having to edit the motherfucker. I bet that was very rough. Um, but I got to the point today where I could listen to more of it, mm. and I actually enjoyed listening to it. And uh, it's just a good, solid recap of how City of Atlanta feels, I think. Um, and even last night, I turned on the World Series. I watched... I was oh, wow. able to watch two innings of that. I, I, I missed the entire ALNLCS. I had zero interest in that. Um, so I'm back able to watch sports again. I've uh, been listening to some 680 The Fan, 92.9 The Game. So I think I'm coming around, Graham. Good. How about yourself? I have um, I watched the last game of the ALCS, like, like the last, I don't know, three or four innings. Not by choice, but uh, I was at my – and uncle's house over the weekend in St. Augustine, and it was on, and we were just like, "Okay, let's watch it." And it was a good game. I was I was very happy that the Yankees didn't win, and I really hope that the Astros beat the Nationals. But I I, I don't really want to watch it. I watched a little bit of the game last night because um, I was at Manuel's getting some dinner. Didn't have a choice. Like I haven't voluntarily watched sports. I don't want to see it. Yeah, it sounds like that doesn't count then. No, one of those. I'm not. Do- okay, you know what? I'll just cut the bullshit. I'm not doing well. I'm still not over it. I'm still second guessing a lot of things. I'm still thinking a lot about it. And um, I think this is my last week, hopefully, to mull on this. But it's it's driving me a little crazy, to be honest. Like I, I'm I'm not as hurt by it as I was, but um, the Falcons continuing to do horrible isn't helping anything. It's it's like uh, someone's just jabbing a or it's like someone's just stabbing me in a gaping uh, mortal wound over and over again. It's like I get it. I'm already dead. Can you please just stop stabbing me? Like I, it's not going to kill me any faster. Well, let me. Um Shake that knife around a little bit for you, Graham. Let's do some trigger points. Let's see ah! what's, what's really uh, jumping jumping out at you right now. All right. Um, All right. We also like to mention that uh, frequent correspondent jo- Joseph Dell is here with us tonight yep. to help break down the Hawks, Atlanta United, uh, things that we're not really thinking about right now. And to add salt to the wound that Graham has. Yes. That's great. You know, you guys have a lo- you know, really, really good friends. Let's, let's it. start with that wound, Graham. All right. Joseph, thank you for being here. Sure thing. Good, good job introducing him, Graham. Yeah. Uh, I want to just sit there in silence for the next <laughs> 20 minutes while I have a therapy session on the fucking podcast. All right. Um, Julio Tehran pitching in the 10th inning. Terrible move. <laughs> um, you still have Melanson. Melanson, excuse me. You're facing the heart of the order. Well, no, you don't. I, we, we, Let me finish. Who do you want gun to your head? If I put a gun to your head right now and said you're going to face Wong, Goldschmidt, Ozuna, and potentially Molina, do you want Julio Tehran doing it or do you want Melanson? Gun to your head. Ooh, Melanson wasn't great. I take a fresh Julio He got Tehran. the save the last night and was dominant. Is Russ Ortiz an option? Those are your only two guys because genius manager Brian Snicker, who just won the Manager of the Year award, decided to pinch hit Max Freed. Or pinch run Max Freed. That was going to be my next salt in your wound. How about a Chris Martin injury, game one? How does that make you feel? 
just like it was like I said last episode, man. It was like fucking Billy Wagner all over again. It's like if we have him, we're probably fine. How about um, not driving in Acuna from third with zero outs? Twice. <laughs> yeah. Or third, one second, second. Yeah. another inning. Um, how about seeing how terrible the Cardinals were and getting that destroyed is, by the Nationals? That is the worst thing of it all because that's, that's the worst. That was the worst feeling because it was like blowouts. It was like eight nothing, seven nothing, five nothing, whatever. Your mother, nothing. It, it was just the the disparity uh, between the two teams couldn't be any higher. And all those third base and first base hits that just right down the line, right over the base. Oh, and the Cardinals cue yeah. shots, yeah, cue shots, or or that little bloop hit that, um, that fucking Freddy Carpenter was. hit into left field. Oh, that well, was yeah. Yachty's bloop hit. Yachty's well. bloop hit off Freddie, off Freddie's glove, half a centimeter. It's over still his like glove. it's just, okay. So what, what is your objective in bringing this up? And are we supposed to like process this? Or are we supposed to analyze? Oh, no, it? I'm just are doing you, like. Are you just making me feel worse? Making you feel worse. Okay, great. Yeah. All right, keep it going. Soroka not pitching twice. That's the that's like that's the worst decision of it all. And we we talked about this well, well, in our little just, mini-sode yes, and we talked about it in the big episode. Well, that's the point. We've talked about this. We're not we don't need to discuss it again. I just want oh, you to feel it. I feel it more. <laughs> See, I was doing okay today. You know, and and uh I was doing other things. I've been writing more, I've been uh, you know, just, just trying to get my mind off of off of the Braves and you know, trying to make something in my life. I've been a little more focused at work. Trying to trying to stay locked in, you know, trying to trying to get some shit across the finish line, and uh, now you're bringing this up, and now tomorrow well, I'm gonna th- feel like this shit. This is good because what we're gonna do is we're gonna get all of this out of your system, and then wash it away with uh, what's next in Atlanta sports, because that's a positive or negative. But there's always something on the docket, Graham. So let's just forget about. Freddie's offensive output in the series and Josh Donaldson's offensive mm. output and Nick Marcakis's offensive output. <sighs> and, um, yeah, we're going to just flush that down the toilet. Oh. Yeah, we're going to flush down Brian McCann's missed ball and then that really awkward throw that he had to first. Oh, that's fine. That game was already over at yeah. that point. Let's go on, Graham. Yeah. Yep. The fact that our division rivals are up one nothing in the World Series right now, when that could be us. That's gone. And you know what we got? A one and six Falcons team, Graham. We got a lot to look forward to there. <laughs> a franchise on the brink of ruin. <laughs> with, Honest, in, honestly, with the worst salary cap situation in oh the NFL. Goodness. Well, here, here's the thing that's mind-blowing about this, guys. <laughs> this is, is fun. Is that uh, I was thinking a lot about how this team compared to the 2007 Falcons team. So for those not familiar or need a refresher, during the 2007 year, Mike Vick was found. Uh, was, Mike Vick was, you know, arrested and for, for killing hundreds of dogs in his dog fighting uh, operation called Bad News Kennels. And uh, so the face of the franchise is gone. Jim Moore is gone. Offensive genius Bobby Petrino is hired to take over and you know make Mike Vick into a real boy. And wasn't able to be done because he got arrested and then. Joey Harrington takes over, and we just have a shitty team the whole year. And that team got like five wins, though, didn't it? Well, they? that's what I was just about. Uh, the point I was trying to make right? through my elongated ramblings exactly. of just reliving past trauma is that that team sucked ass. This team actually has some talent on it, despite the fact that there are a lot of deficiencies all across the uh, the roster. You still have a top ten quarterback, a top two receiver, you know, an up and coming really good tight end. Supposedly a great middle linebacker, Grady Jarrett, top three defensive tackle. Um, 
You know, it's not like we totally suck up and down the up and down the roster. Whereas that that Joey Harrington team was just total trash. And yet they have a better. You know, it's a different NFL. Whatever, but it's just it's just crazy that the amount of the amount of um, amount of talent we have on this team that yields a one and six record is just crazy. I mean, we should at a minimum be like three and four. Like the fact that we lost the the Titans and the Cardinals above everyone else is just inexcusable. Like what the fuck? It has to come down to coaching, I guess. I don't I don't know anymore. I, there's no way to rationalize it. They just keep getting worse. It's not like there's flashes like like, like the Cardinals game was was horrible because we when we came back we were already down twenty seven to ten. Same thing happened with the Colts game, but now the Rams just totally slaughtered us. It wasn't even a, a competition from the word go. Hell, Joseph didn't even watch the fucking game because he was like, I don't want to waste my Sunday on this bullshit. I had a happy Sunday, too, until I saw the score at the end of the night. So I take it we're starting our Falcon segment. Let's just go into it. Before we get into that, <laughs> we had a call the last time I was here uh, uh, that had an option of having a 1-15 in 15 Falcons team <laughs> and a divisional win by the Braves. Of course, we had landed that up. Yeah. We did choose the one in fifteen Falcons team there. Good point. We did, Have but we didn't. Does that count if if we the, didn't if win. the Braves end up hold there in the bargain? I, right. I'd say no. I'd say the the deal is null and void. I I mean finishing one in fifteen would be that'd be crazy with this team. That's is not going to happen, right? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think we can beat anybody. The only teams I think we can really beat are is Washington or Miami, and we don't play them. <laughs> and maybe the Bengals. And we don't play them. I don't think we are capable of beating anybody. Watch Matt Schaub take down the Seahawks. That's what. So get the fuck out of here. I, I was at the game. On, I'll blow you if that happens. <laughs> seems inappropriate, Graham. But, I'm just saying that's how much confidence I have. Okay. Um, <laughs> plow right through that one. Uh, anyways, I was at the game on Sunday. Very strange experience. Sounds like it. Um. Had a box, box seats from one of our friends who uh, he works for AT&T. And all I knew was free box seat, free food, free booze. That's what he told me. That's the only intel I had going into this. So have you guys sat in a box before? Yes, but it's the last one I went to is SunTrust. It's kind of weird. Like yeah, it, you're disconnected it, from the it's, game. It's a corporate scene. Yeah, you're disconnected from the game. I'm not a corporate guy. Yeah, you're sharing. You're also sharing it with other people. I assume it's not just you. No, exactly. So there's like random people in there. So you can't like who as, assume that I either worked for AT and T or with AT and T. And man, sorry, the, this person that gave me these tickets didn't tell me shit about how to behave. So you just walk in hungover with your Michael Turner jersey. I mean, on, right? I, I knew to be respectful. Oh, okay, sure. Um, but apparently, I was supposed to lie about who I was <laughs> and, what I, and what I did. So, like, the uh, Philly John was with me and uh, one of our other friends, and like they were meeting like this guy's mom, this his mom and aunt, and they were just being so weird. Like the the line they were throwing out was uh, FBI agent. Who? John and the other guy? Yeah. That they were FBI agents. Well, John was just being like, you know, John's always the first to get up and introduce himself. And so, oh, hey, how's it going? Left and right. I'm John. And he wasn't doing any of that. Yeah. And then the other dude was like, just calling himself Agent Kelly. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? 
And then so finally someone got to me and they're like, oh, so do you work with AT? And I was like, no, I'm his buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, everyone was just clearly there for the food. And apparently we drank a little too much of their beer because they only ordered like six Bud Lights. So that's a couple rounds. It's supposed to be free, right? Yeah. yeah, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. So, so like, I, I grabbed the last two Bud Lights out of the fridge, and, like, some guy who probably actually spent money for this box was like, is that the last one? And I'm just like, yeah, hopefully they restock it, and then walked away. <laughs> that was bad on me. I, sh- I should yeah. have offered him the beer. Yeah. 2020 hindsight. Sure. Um, but, anywho, I was at that game. It was cool. Being in the box for a while, and then uh, could you actually like go out into the crowd a little bit, or were you confined to the box? Oh, like we when they ran out of beer, we went down to the main level. Oh no, not the main level. I'm just saying, like, could you step out of your club oh, suite? Well, no, and stand among the plebeians, and, and yeah. not, not even stand among the plebeians, but you're like there's, you're like, there's you're like in the air. There's seats. Okay, so yeah. there's seats. You're not just like in a box. You actually no, no, go no. out. Like you're sitting in a standard seat. Okay, great. All right. And it was cool with the with I've always shit on that roof being open. It was actually cool with it open. I think this is still stupid, but... Okay. Have you been in there yes, with the... I, have. I thought it was kind of yeah. cool. I did it last year with the Ravens game, and I was like, this doesn't make any difference. This, what a waste of money. Where were you sitting? I was sitting behind... Uh, I was in the, one of the end zones. Were you too far back that you couldn't really even... No, I was like in the light, but I was yeah. like, whatever. I mean... Well, I, thought it was, I thought it was kind of cool. Okay. Nice nice look, anyways. Whatever. Um, Talk about the game. Where was I going with that, Graham? I don't know. Oh, <clears throat> so my biggest take from that game was the unbelievable way that these coaches could not adjust. Yeah. I'm sitting up in this box. Just some Joe Schmo doesn't know how to behave in, behave in a suite. Stealing Bud Lights Stealing left and right. Lights. And I see the Rams line up to punt from like the 40, their 44. It's also fourth and three. Fourth and three from their 44. And I'm like, oh, they're going to fake it. And then they get into a formation that they're clearly faking it. They audibled. They audible. That was the crazy thing is they set up in punt formation <laughs> yeah, for, like, for like 15 seconds or whatever it was. <laughs> and then they audible with like five seconds left on the play clock. And it's like clearly they have changed formation. They are going to run a fake here. Maybe we should either audible or call a goddamn timeout. Instead, it's just like no one knows what to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, before they even audibled, I was like, oh, here comes a fake. He's going to pick up at least 15 yards. And so I was like, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Was some corporate guy? <laughs> no. It was, it was the, the auntie. She told me that. Oh. And then she blamed it on me when it happened. Yeah. It's like, it was just so obvious. Like, how, how do our special teams coordinators not adjust once they see that audible? How does program? Dan Quinn not see that? How, do, how does any of them not see it? It's I don't know. It's like, it, it was It was terrible. The crowd was what you would expect the crowd to be. Were they booing at all? There was some booing. There were some Fire Dan Quinn chants. Word. Um, a lot of Rams fans, like more Rams fans than I saw during the Super Bowl. Sad. Um, you can get a ticket for like 35 bucks on StubHub. Yeah. I might just go to a game at some point this year just to say I went to a game just to experience the fall of the Dan Quinn era in person. I waited until the clock hit zero zero zero, and we stayed in there. Got a second round of free hot dogs. Sweet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, that's my game for the year, Graham. I, you know, a, a disturbing stat um, to me was Falcons coming into this game with only five sacks as a team the whole season. In this game alone, the Rams recorded five sacks. <laughs> yeah. 
hit Matt Ryan 11 times. And I know Caleb McGarry's a rookie, but sweet Jesus was he overwhelmed. Every, almost every single time Matt got the ball, it was like snap. Matt is, you know, getting the ball back, going through his, his reads. It's like, you know, one and a half, you know, maybe one and a half seconds. By the time he does that, there are two guys already in his face. He has no time to do anything. And almost every time I saw it, as I was, I was, it was a mix between I was driving back home, so I, I, was, I was streaming the game on my phone or driving, so I was either listening to the radio or, or not. But the times I was watching, which was most of the first half, it was almost every time that McGarry was at fault letting some guy just get past him almost every single time. And maybe that goes back to him, you know, not getting the experience needed when he was, uh, you know, when he was sidelined with the heart issue, he was having the procedure. But it was just, it was like, man, we traded a first-round pick. I'm not saying he's a bust or anything, but it's just, it just sucks right now. It just magnifies everything. It's just like we traded a first-round pick for an offensive lineman who has a heart condition. Uh, uh, I, I, that, we have way too many other issues. I know, but to it's worry just, about Caleb. And but it's just the thing is, it's just like the emphasis of the season was to protect Matt Ryan. The offseason. we drafted two offensive linemen. I know it hasn't worked out one because he got injured, and the other guy has heart procedure. But I mean, you could not have drafted him and gotten someone else. You also got two free agents to solidify the line, and the offensive line once again sucks ass. So not only is Dan Quinn, you know, not fit to be a head coach. Thomas Dimitrov needs to go as well. No one is talking about Thomas Dimitrov, but Thomas Dimitrov is just as much at fault as Dan Quinn is in terms of the demise of this team. Speaking of Thomas Dimitrov, your boy walked right past me on the suite level. TD? Yeah. I was standing out there finishing up one of those Bud Lights about were, to go were downstairs. You like, were you like, dead man walking? I thought it. <laughs> I mean, I did say it like, as soon as I got out of the that was a dead man walking right there. He was just <laughs> as fast as he can, just... I don't know where it's cutting through. What was happening in the game at this point? It was halftime. Ah, I mean, if Julio had caught that ball, we had a ball game. Oh, the one the ball down the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just past his fingertips. Like I, I think he should have caught that. It, yeah, I mean, overwatch when I was watching it. It it was damn close, but I mean that was that was a change in everything. But um, yeah, TV. If of course he's got to go, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that even when things got bad with Mike Smith, he he, he stuck around. Arthur Blank has never fired a general manager in the history of his tenure with the Falcons. Remember that Rich McKay was promoted to president. TD was brought on on board. I'm just wondering. TD barely avoided being sacked last time, though. I don't know. I remember that being the consensus. I, I guess, but like, yeah, I think you got to find. I'm like the the miscues are just as much on on TD. He just made a great trade, though. Yes, that was a good trade. And I wonder how much of it was, uh, for those that don't know, we traded Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots for second-round pick, pick, which is pretty much a third-round pick because the Patriots are at least going to be in the AFC Championship game this year. Um, but anyway, still, second-round pick for Sanu is, is a great value. I mean, I, I like Sanu a lot, but you know, he's to me, I would have been happy with a fourth- or fifth-round pick for him, honestly, because of his age, expiring contract, um, all the above. So that is a great move. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much of it was Bill Belichick just having mercy on, on TD and saying, hey, thanks for that uh, fifth Super Bowl, and uh, you were used to work for us, and you're a good guy. I think it was more of Belichick. He's had he's had his eyes on Sanu for a while, and he's probably got like seven different plays dialed up for Sanu to throw touchdowns. Oh, yeah. He's going to throw Bowl. he's gonna throw a touchdown to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, yes. guaranteed. Sanu is a quintessential Patriots player, just a gadget player, can throw the ball, can block really well, uh, 
possession receiver. Yeah, he probably becomes Tom Brady needs. Yeah, he probably becomes their second receiver. Yeah, because they got Edelman, Dorsett right now. So and and Josh Brown, I'd plug Snoo in the two receiver all day. I mean, he's as solid as they come. You're exactly right, a classic Patriots player. That is a good move. So, but then you at least they're still trying. Yeah, and then you got other guys that are on the block like Vic Beasley. Who, That's a joke. It is a joke. He has no value at all. He won't be traded. I still just I, – I cannot – I really want to have like a heart-to-heart with Quinn and Dimitrov and be like, what the fuck were you guys thinking? Like I could be blacked out and you could have come up to me and said, hey, what do you think if we if we exercise this option on Vic Bees? I would say, what the f- – no fucking way. Are you kidding? Like what rationale do they have for that other than their own arrogance? I think that's pretty much it. And that's their standard line. We believe in the player. We believe that we don't want to make ourselves look like more idiots than we already are. They're, I'm sure they were worried he was going to go somewhere else and be great. Well, that's fine. Then let him go do it because he clearly can't thrive in this environment. He was last from pro football focus. Yeah. 103 of 103. That is basically drop territory at that point. Like Some idiot on his couch who doesn't watch a single Falcons game could look at that and be like, oh, that guy must suck. And yet our... Yeah. Brilliant coach and GM. Ugh. Grant, what's your thoughts about Julio Jones having Dan Quinn's back this week? Did you hear about that? Yeah. I heard he made a big speech. Um, he, like, raised his hand while Quinn was addressing the team and pretty much said, like, this isn't on cue and we need to figure out what the hell is going on and some of y'all aren't, aren't into it pretty much. I mean, it's a fair but, point. The players are the ones on the field. Yeah, and and they're not, you know, they're not. There's been a lot of people not executing. Totally, like what in the big f- situations? What though. the hell has happened to Devondre Campbell? He's become just a like he used to be a very solid linebacker, but now he's he's awful. Yeah. Deion um, Jones, I haven't seen anything from him to make me think there's that legitimate run stopper or a guy that can be good in coverage. Tack. Tack's done nothing. Vic obviously. Vic is awful. Although, although once again, Vic was not being used correctly. In, in some respects, that touchdown, Todd Gurley. Why is Vic Beasley covering Todd Gurley? <laughs> yes, I mean there's still you can still point a lot of you can still point fingers at the players, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's shit like that. It's shit like that that really screws you up. Someone's got to be accountable. Yeah, and and the offensive line once again is just it, well, it's it's just like the Rams, despite all their faults this year, still have a very fearsome offensive or defensive line, and it's like. We literally have the corpse of Alex Mack at this point, who is not healthy, I don't think. He's moving very slow. He's unable to get off the ball as well as he used to. you got Brown and Carpenter and McGarry and uh, Matthews. and uh, Jake Matthews is probably the best player on the offensive line right now. And he's, and he's average. Maybe slightly, slightly above average offensive lineman at this point. Here's what I find laughable, and Arthur Blank needs to get out of his own way. We've discussed this many times. Now he's talking about Hooper. And how they want to re-sign Hooper. Hooper's been great, but we can't keep signing no. skill position players to big deals where we have no money to spend them on the trenches. Like if we do that again, what are we? Let's just keep plugging in this offensive line for the next three years with trash pieces that nobody wants, or the but have like the best skill position players that it doesn't matter because your quarterback can't stay up for more than half a yeah, second. It clearly doesn't matter at this point. You're exactly right when it comes to skill players. It's like I would rather distribute that money equally amongst in the trenches and just say what can we do to improve you know the most important thing in football is your offensive and defense line what can we do there you can find you know Mohamed Sanu was a great example of finding like a solid skill guy that doesn't kill you on the cap 
And the only reason we got rid of him is because he's going to be $6 million, which isn't that bad, but it's still bad when your cap position is where it is right now. So I totally agree. It's like if we re-sign Hooper, we should be trying to trade Hooper. As much as I hate to say that, we should be trying to trade Austin Hooper for for a second-round pick. He's one of the best tight ends in the league right now. Are you kidding? Sure. He's as dependable as they come, and it sucks, and I don't want to do it. I really like Hooper. He has really come into his own. But fuck me if I'm going to sign another skill position player to another five-year, whatever, million, $80 million deal to, to, to get to your point, to completely fuck us from being able to do anything to solidify the trenches, which is where you win football games. And I do not understand why this franchise cannot understand that, especially Arthur Blank, who has owned this team for damn near 20 years. Or more. I can't remember when he came in. It was like 2000 or something. But it's like we've never had you know, a good offensive or defensive line with him together at once. Well, ever. Since Dimitrov came on, I don't think we've ever drafted solid offensive linemen outside of Matthews, right? Peter Cotts! <laughs> and Blaylock, right? Was he drafted here? I can't remember. I'm just, but Peter, yeah. Peter Cotts sucked. Peter Cotts sucked, yeah. James Stone, worst center of all time. Well, that, that's the problem with us getting... Oh, and let's don't forget about the, the defensive line. Jamal Anderson, the bad Jamal Anderson. Pariah Jerry. Big, you know, high draft, uh, you know, that we had, we had, you know, they were Jerry, drafting this first, second, first second, rounds. either first or second round. Well, that's, that, that's where you make them break your bullshit right there. That's the problem of our, us trading for second round picks is four of the last six second rounders we've taken aren't in the league anymore. Yeah. I mean, you go back to... That's troublesome. I mean, there was one draft class in the year escapes me. I can't remember if it was 2014. Whatever year I think Peter Kahn's was drafted, which, yeah, would be either 2013 or 2014. I think it was a 2014 draft class. None of those players are in the NFL anymore. It was only five years ago. And I know the average lifespan of a player isn't, is around is, that, isn't yeah. great, but at the same time, like, you literally missed on every single one of those guys. I mean, think about all the other draft picks we've Just had. Just do Mel Kuyper's best available. You're going to do better than that. Right. Or whatever Yahoo Fantasy Sports tells you to to, to draft. That's how I do my my fantasy drafts. I'm right. always decent top tier team. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, but it's it's just yeah. I mean, Thomas has proven time and time again he does not know how to draft. He can draft skill position players, sure, but he doesn't know how to draft guys that we need in the trenches. He really doesn't. I mean, maybe you have an outlier every once in a while. That's good, but it's like the majority of guys that we've had are not in the league, or they were. Not very good. And Jake Matthews, who's, I think we drafted like number four overall. Yeah. He's not like an elite offensive lineman by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, don't, you know, people who are trying to defend TD don't like, you know, I'm sorry. He's, he's just, he's, he's not, he does not have a good eye. His scout, whatever, his entire unit, whether it's him or his scouts or whatever, eventually it all comes back to him. Yeah. They don't have a good eye for it. And then they try to compensate by plugging in these aging veterans in these positions where we need to the build around. I mean, the, the fact that we got Grady Jarrett is a fucking miracle to me. It's a miracle that we got Grady Jarrett in the fifth round and he turned into a great player. I, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I, I think that's the biggest flaw for Dimitrov is we didn't leverage his ability to draft talent at skill positions to transfer it into solid free agents that we can pick up that uh, that's in the interior. Like, if we're able to actually transfer that value from... Your Taylor Gabriel's one one example that we kind of did, but uh, if we transfer something like a Calvin Ridley or Hooper, for instance, into somebody that can be a quality interior lineman on the offense or defensive line, you're talking about a different football team here. Sure. 
Yeah, I, like think yeah. about think about missing on on Tack and Victor Beasley. Yeah, I mean, if you land just one of those two guys, you have a much better defensive line because at least half the line is, is good at that point. Now it's like you really. I mean, the sad part is is that our defensive line overall, in terms of pro football focus and all the advanced analytic bullshit, is one of the better parts of this team, and that has only generated five sacks and hardly any tackles for losses. So it, it just tells you how much we suck. Yeah, but I th- I, your point, Joseph, is if. It's fine to supplement with good free agent signings if you don't hit it in the draft, but we haven't done that either. Yeah, you don't. If you don't leverage a valuable skill, Dimitrov can pick skill players. I yeah. like he's been pretty consistent with that. If you can't leverage that, then why? Like if you can't leverage that to actually make your team better outside of just draft picks and then signing them for incredible amounts of money because every skill position is going to be a lot more than somebody that's on an offensive line. Sure. Uh, it's it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think the other big problem was uh, I think the off season we just had some severe problems in in the off season with Kayla McGarry not getting time. Uh, I still don't know why he drafts an offensive line with a heart condition. Yeah, and that's that's no. I'm not trying to shit on him because I mean it's it's great that he's you know going for his dream. I'm not trying to like say Kayla McGarry sucks or anything. It's just like. If if my ass is on the line and I'm like, gotta protect my 150 million dollar quarterback, do I want to draft an offensive lineman that might be good but has a heart condition, or another offensive lineman that might be good that doesn't? I don't know. Sorry, what am I going to do? Yeah, I, I I'll think take the, the other guy. The bigger problem was on defense. We there just seems to be huge miscommunication issues out on the field pre-snap, where you're having these situations where David Johnson has 25 yard gap between the next player. Yeah, and it's like on that play, I know exactly what play you're talking about. It was I think in the second half where it was Deion Jones covers the other side of the field that's already covered by uh, one of their one of our corners and safeties, and he just runs that direction. And David, there's no one on David Johnson. It's like what the hell is going on out there? Yeah, even some of our zone assignments, you you can see like missed bracket coverages between like Trufant and an outside linebacker, or yeah. it's, it's stuff like that. Just severe miscommunication issues pre-snap. Not being uh, physical at the line of scrimmage yeah. with the cornerbacks, and that all starts, I think, in the off season. You can't train that. You can't build up that level of communication during the season. It's just not going to happen. You're coasting when you're going through the season like that. Um, you're you're making adjustments on plans that you already worked months on, right? So, I think our our off season just completely killed us this this season. So, at this point, do you guys think do either of you guys think Dan Quinn gets fired mid season? If he's not fired by the bye week, then I guess seriously question Arthur Blank's sanity. I mean, I don't understand why he's not fired now. I don't. It's not going to make a fucking difference well, yeah, until what's, the bye week. What's the advantage of? I think with mid-season. I think with the bye week, you oh you mean just oh you're not even talking about uh, oh as opposed to the end of the season. Yeah, I, I think you at least send a message that says failure is not acceptable, and that you guys need to get your shit together because you're not you know he's not the only one that could be out of here by the end of the season, and it also allows you to try and get that bad taste out of your mouth that's been the first half of the season and bring someone in here who might. I don't know. Send a send a a jolt into the team that could that could help. I don't know. Just the overall performance and getting something out of them. I'm not. I don't know. I just think why why wallow in misery for so long when you can at least begin to begin to start the re, the rebuilding well, then, process. Then what if you see? Oh shit! It wasn't Coach Quinn. Then that's great too because then that's more evaluation. Then you can really think. Okay, maybe we got to make some serious serious changes, and it's not just. 
oh, we're talented, but we have a bad coach kind of thing. What if Dan Quinn is, like, the best football coach in the world and you let go of him because of one two bad seasons? <laughs> that was a point that D. Orlando Ledbetter really? was making in an article I saw today in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution where he compared Coach Quinn... To, oh, don't say Belichick. To Bill Belichick. Belichick got fired. Good point. Exactly. And they had a very similar record and very similar oh. circumstances. So do you worry about that? No. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I'm sure there are a lot of people in Buffalo that, or Cleveland. Or New York that, Jets. That really hated Belichick. Sure. And who knows? I mean, probably, we, I mean there weren't podcasting back then, but no. I mean, we can't predict that talking shit. talking about it in the coffee shop, like, yeah. like Blue's friends. Yeah, do. we can't predict that shit. I just know what I see as just an unmitigated disaster. I wasn't paying attention to the fucking Cleveland Browns in 1995. I don't know what the hell was going on there. I know what I'm seeing now, and what I'm seeing now is unacceptable. And even if Dan Quinn moves on to the Redskins and wins three Super Bowls, it wasn't working here. Whatever. Just like for Belichick, it wasn't working in Cleveland. He learned some things. He's able to regroup, and he became the best coach ever. If that happens to Dan Quinn and we don't have him, then so that fucking be it. That would be true to Atlanta. It would be true to Atlanta, but I'm just saying it's like, he, it's like it's not working here. Sometimes people need a change of scenery. Sometimes the message runs dry. Sometimes whatever. Shit happens. You gotta can't keep accepting this. You bring him back, what message does that send? And then what happens the next year if he sucks again and we're one in six again? Then you fire him. Then you waste another year of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. We can't do that. What if Dimitrov's the problem and not Quinn? Dan Quinn has more power than most coaches in the NFL where he actually has final say on signings and shit like that. So I think, um, as much as I was shitting on Thomas earlier, I mean, Dan Quinn can probably be shit on the most. I just wanted to throw some shit at Thomas just because it seems like everybody's on the fire Dan Quinn train and no one's saying shit about Dimitrov as much. So, I... I don't know. I think they both need to get out of here. So if we fire Dan Quinn, what type of coach would we want to get? Offensive-minded Sean McVay type. Because we have a bunch of skilled players that are great, maximize their talent to the nth degree, unload as many motherfuckers this year as you can, unload Trufant, unload Devontae Freeman, unload Hooper, as much as that kills me, and bring in some guy who's going to just bring a totally different philosophy. Because it's been crazy that we've hired these um, these defensive coordinators whose defenses suck here for some reason, and Mike Smith and Dan Quinn, and yet we put all this emphasis on building this uh, you know elite offensive unit, and yet we don't have an offensive minded coach. Doesn't make sense to me. That's what I want. But we've had a top offense over the years. Yeah, but I mean, I, I get your point. I'm just saying it's like who knows. Well, yeah. <laughs> we've had one. We've had one truly historic top ten all time offense. Top ten all pretty yeah. damn good. So the theory there is, but think about all the other seasons where we haven't had as good an offense. Pretty much just last year and this year, or the first year Dan Quinn was here, or 2017, the year after the Super Bowl. I mean, we've had. The, this, the offense last year was okay. We just didn't have a really good running game. But the offense on uh, Sark's first year was awful, whereas the defense was okay that year. I don't know. But, you know speaking on my ass, I just think we need a different <laughs> mindset for this franchise. I want a neutral coach. I want a coach that's never coached offense or defense, special teams guy. Like a John Harbaugh. 
Sure. John Harbaugh was like that. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's a, content, he's a perennial playoff you, contender. You, and then you hire an offensive genius and a defensive genius, and you just manage people. And maybe, manage a clock, okay. Maybe that's exactly what we need. You don't, uh, what was it, when we ran out of all our timeouts with 13 minutes and 49 seconds left in the fucking Arizona game? <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? How does that happen? You're a timeouts fan, too, aren't you, Graham? Guys save timeouts for the end of the half and the end of the game. If you don't do that, you're just asking to lose. Those are so precious. I don't think anyone values timeouts more than you do. I will take a delay of game all day over a time. I, I value timeouts. timeouts as well. Timeouts are exceptionally important. Like if you if you see like towards the fourth quarter, yeah. you see a play where it's like, oh, I'm obviously in the wrong formation. Yeah. Call a timeout. I'll, save that play. I'll bring up a great point. Yeah. This happened in the Ravens uh, Seahawks game this weekend. They. Ravens didn't get it on fourth down. It's fourth and short. They were in the red zone, and uh, they brought the field goal unit, and they were up by like three points or something, or it was tie- I can't remember. It was a really close game, and so uh, they sent out the field goal unit, and then John Harbaugh walks up to, or Lamar Jackson walks up to John Harbaugh. He's like, "Man, I'm pissed. We should be out there." And he's like, and "Harbaugh's like, you think you can fucking do it?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's get the first down." And so he calls a timeout, puts Jackson back out there. And runs a play, and they score a touchdown on the next play. And they had all their timeouts, and there was only like four minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's like those moments right there, if you're Dan Quinn, you don't have a timeout at that point. But you would have freaked out at Harbaugh for calling a timeout not within two minutes. I mean, that is that is one thing. <laughs> but at the same time, like if you think you're going to be able to dial up a play that can be make a difference in the game, that, that, that that's huge in terms of scoring seven points as opposed to three, and you're in the red zone, and you're on the road, and you're going for it, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's just like calling timeouts when there's like 12 minutes left in the third quarter is fucking stupid. Like, I, I will take a delay of game all day there. Sorry. Like, make up the five yards. It's 2019 in the NFL. Sure. Average pass play is like 20 yards. Well, this is a fun talk. Yeah. I have one more question. I have a question as well. You go All first. right, sure. Um, Adam, would you – I already asked Joseph this already at work, so I won't ask him again. He, he says no. But would you be in support of a full teardown where you trade Matt Ryan and Julio Jones along with whoever else? That's tough, man. I'm inclined to say no because I just don't trust us to be able to rebuild it quickly or at all. And, like, I mean, you look at Miami, there are, like, so many teams that have just been god-awful forever. I don't want to be that team. Sure. Like we're we're a retool away. That's what we said this past offseason as well. Are we? But we didn't do any retooling. The problem is our cap space. That's what I'm concerned. That's about. what I'm sort of getting at. It's like, will that save the franchise if we do that? I I'm already in the middle of a rebuild with the Hawks, man. I can't do two rebuilds at the same time. I just got off a Braves rebuild that took four years. I'm a, a football rebuild takes what four or five years? I don't even know. It could be really quick. I've never been a part of a rebuild. Think about the Matt Ryan rebuild. It took one year. We were back in the playoffs. Literally the next, the year after Petrino. But Which we did. It's not you're like expecting it, to pick another Matt Ryan. That's that's fair. All we were missing was a quarterback, basically, and, and Justin or uh, Michael Turner. Yeah, as well. We got skill position players. Speak, yeah. The, the thing is, is though we can't win with our skill position players. Like yeah. right now, so my question I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, I'm not saying yes Go tear it down, but I'm just saying it's like we're a shitty football team With top ten quarterback and a top two receiver 
I'm hoping he can find some dumbass to take on Devontae Freeman this year. Like Detroit just lost on Johnson. Get that contract yeah. off. Get some news gone. Um, Hooper. I don't know. I just need enough money for like two offensive linemen and and an end and John Abraham. Yeah, John Abraham. Bring him back <laughs> and Dwight Freeney. Yeah, I mean John Abraham and Dwight Freeney line up on opposite sides of the. We're golden. Line. So no. no, I don't want to trade Matt okay. Ryan and Julio. I don't either. I just it's just tough to see a way out right now. I don't want to trade Matt Ryan until Trevor Lawrence is available. I don't want Trevor Lawrence He's throwing too many picks. <clears throat> He's a stud. Okay. And Joseph, you still say no to a full rebuild? I still say no. I completely agree with Adam. Uh, I don't trust our front office to leverage Matt Ryan and Julio to actually get good assets. <laughs> yeah. If we got a second-round pick for Sanu, we should get, like, two first-round picks for both Matt and Then you're trusting Dimitrov to pick first-round picks. get pick. rid of him. Then you're, then you're then you're expecting some new GM sure. to appear. Out of I'll nowhere. take anyone over over. But the, here's Thomas. the problem: they're going to be getting their paycheck from the Atlanta Falcons. So yeah. they're going to suck at draft. The moment they take that money from blank, they'll just they their just brain be good. goes. Like we, we could get Belichick, <laughs> and Belichick's just going to lose all his sense. He's going to go senile all of a sudden yeah. and not know what the hell to do. He's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt and he's going to look all happy. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be taking it easy. Yeah, he's, he's just going to be like, man, it's a lot warmer down here. Yeah. I really enjoy, you know, the sunshine and the humidity. And, uh, yeah, we, we're going to focus a little on football. But I think, you know, we're really going to make sure that everybody's just feeling good. It's all That's about be, the atmosphere. It's all the about vibe. the atmosphere. Yeah, and he's going to ask, who are we playing next week? Instead of we're on to Cincinnati. It's going to be, who who are we playing? The Saints? The, it's going to be like the new Freddie Gonzalez. Intern, except, except chill. Intern Jared's going to get in his ear with all this positivity and – He's like, you know what, Coach Belichick, it's really not that fun winning every year. So every now and then you want to get some losing season so you appreciate the winning more. That sounds like a plan, Jared. You know, it's like – and then once he says that, his voice will change. He'll be like, you know, Jared, I uh, really think that, you know, that sounds like a great idea. It's going to be fantastic. What he's lost. Would reporters say that he went to Jared? Ooh. Mm. Why does Belichick suck now? He went to Jared. <laughs> Damn it, intern Jared. Uh, not even here to defend himself. He's, his presence is always in the show, though. Yes, it is. Even if he's not here in uh, physical form. So, Graham, my, my uh, last question on this Falcon segment for you. All right. As you're doing research on the Atlanta Hawks, clearly you've moved on from the Falcons. It's hard to keep talking about them. How's it feel to see your boy Matt Bryant's last season? It's rough, man. He's uh, <laughs> He's missing a lot of kicks that he should make. He shanked the fuck out of that kick on Sunday again. Missed the extra point against the Cardinals. Uh, it should have tied the game and sent it in overtime. Uh, I think I hate to admit it. It's time. So, but I'm still happy we brought him back because he was better than Tavecchio. I mean, do you think we'd have more than one win with Giorgio Tavecchio no. on the team? Matt Bryant's the last fucking like. Even when he missed that field goal, we're still down by double digits at that point. It's like it gives a shit. That I mean, the Cardinals won. Well, yeah, that I mean, that's the one game. Okay, there. that's the one game. Maybe we could have. We still would have lost. No, still, we were tied the no, game. No, no. We still would have lost. I, I don't. I'm not putting that on Matt Bryant for us losing that game. We lost that game long before before yeah. that happened. But on the the St. Louis game, just holding that shot on him as he's just in like, such pain, unraveling in yeah. front of you. That was that was very rough to watch. Yeah, that's that's similar to Brian McCann falling. Yeah, for that. I'm glad I didn't see that. I'm glad I just heard that on the radio. Drop third. Yeah, I mean it's like 
end of career. Yeah. See, that's what I keep hoping for Tom Brady, but that moment has not happened. Yeah. You want your players to go out scoring 60 like Kobe, but when you're in Atlanta, you, you go out with that. We might as well just not have any of those players on the court when Kobe was. I watched that game. Kobe yeah. was just jack, like he got the ball at half court. It's just like whatever, jack it up. It was a, it was a, it was a poor man's sixty points. All right, that'll wrap it up for the Falcons. Yeah, what do you want to go to next? We got like, Atlanta United. We got ping pong. We got Hawks. Let's let's take a little break and get some levity in here with your uh, your your ping pong uh, outing today. Okay, so Graham and I entered a Kirkwood table tennis tournament. Not ping pong, Graham. Table tennis. Game's to 11. It's table tennis. Best Very, of five series? Best of five. I got a first-round bye for some reason, which it's I'm very appreciative absolute of. absolute horseshit. <laughs> like, they've never seen you play. Why do you get the bye and I don't? I'd probably sign up after They you. know our seeds at work. That That's doesn't, <laughs> yeah, they know our seeds at work. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I figure if you signed up after me that you should be a first-round guy. They probably just want to say, hey, you know... Uh, you sign up first, you have more interest, let's make sure you play first. It's a disadvantage. Anyways, I was... Uh, I already made it farther than you without even playing. <laughs> True to Atlanta, I'd listened to Atlanta's own on the way to this table tennis tournament, so I had a lot of Braves negativity in me. And part of me was like, I'm not going to be the Braves, I'm going to dial it up. But then the other... 80% of me is like, no, you're going to lose in the first round quickly. And sure enough, that some kid shows up, not from Atlanta. I had zero chance. How old was he? Probably like 23. Ooh, senior, senior citizen. Yeah, I was the old guy yeah. over the hill. Um, this guy didn't even know, like, the rules and regulations and, or anything. And I was a quick, uh, lost 11-9. Thought I was going to lose 11 nothing the second game. Scratched out three points. And what did you think you were going to lose 11 nothing the second game? You, you were that you were really close to winning the first one. Oh, because it was like 7 nothing in the second game. Oh, you were down 7 nothing. Oh, yeah, you yeah. came back. Oh, okay. Well, the second, no, the, the second game I was down 7 nothing. Oh, so I not, thought you meant after the first game you thought you were just going to lose. No. Oh, okay, got it. No, I felt okay. Yeah. But I was wearing this stupid flannel shirt, and it was a little why tight. You, why don't you take it off? I don't know. I didn't think. Snicker over here. There's like some weird guy in the corner staring at me the whole time. Who cares? I'm playing table tennis. It didn't work out for me, Graham. Something like your head wasn't in the game. It was not in the game. Did you have an elbow the, spur too? No elbow spurs, but this guy has a table at work. I've got nothing. I was just counting that I was going to, you know, figure it out. But lost in about six minutes, Graham. True to Atlanta. Yep. So another Atlanta sports loss. Well, I didn't add any levity to the show, so let's move on to uh, <laughs> to the Hawks. I'm sorry for your I'm sorry for your loss, Adam. Thanks, the on youth. the plus side, since I lost quickly, I got a drove past my haircut place on the way home and got, got that haircut. done today. Wow, yeah, that's going to be a chore tomorrow. So that's oh, a positive. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. a solid trade off. Yeah. So the Atlanta Hawks. Start their season tomorrow against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, got an exciting young squad bringing back franchise stalwarts Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Herter. Adding to the talented crop of young talent we have is Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, two uh, top ten selections in this year's NBA draft. Bruno Fernando as well. Bruno Fernando, who we added later. Uh, Vince Carter is back. We've also added guys like Evan Turner, 
Uh, we traded Kent Bazemore. We also brought in Jabari Parker, the former Duke standout. Um, this is I, 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 It's nice to go into a, a season with a team. Think about our last few preview shows when we did Bra- uh, Falcons and Braves, where there's really no big time expectations. You know, the ceiling to me for this team is like a seven seed in the playoffs. But if we don't make it, I'm not going to wig out. Uh, you know, it's it's like it's not like we have to win a, a title or compete for anything. It's just like once again, the maturation and growth of the young players, making sure guys are developing properly so that we can be a contender in the very near future. But I think this, this, this crop of folks that we've added is really going really gonna to help us in the long run. I don't know what, what's going to happen this year, but I really like Hunter and Reddish to solidify the defense in particular because these are two guys that are, are outstanding defensive players, particularly Hunter, who you know uh, was one of the most vaunted defenders in the country. Um, he also has championship experience, winning a championship with Virginia, which can bring some pedigree to the, to the team. Even though I know it's a different stage, but it's still nice. Um, I like I like I like this this young squad, and I like Vince Carter coming back to to teach them. So that that's my spiel. I'll shut up and listen to what you guys have to say. I'll hang up and listen. Okay, Joseph, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah. No, I, I like the draft picks that we did. I, Bruno's got a little bit more time in the oven. Uh, from at least from where he was at in the preseason, he was blocking like a madman in the preseason, though. But uh, but he still has some basketball IQ to kind of to kind of get through it, and, and I feel like Lloyd Pierce and Vince and uh, the rest of our our uh, coaching staff can help like bring him up to speed. Mm. Uh, full confidence in that. The thing that I like about the Hawks the most, our identity doesn't have to be about wins. It's just about looking good when you're doing it. We're a highlight reel throughout the whole season. The highlight factory. Yeah, we are the highlight factory. And uh, did not disappoint last year. I, I expect it's the most fun rebuilding team I've yeah, ever watched. It's just enjoyable play to watch, kind of like the Nuggets um, or like the the fourteen fifteen Hawks. Too. Yes, uh, pass happy team. I, I think we'll be able to convert a little bit more on three with with Hunter and Reddish too. So hopefully we'll be able to score a little bit more than we did. Yeah, I think they're going to uh, extend the floor season. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter especially is just so solid. There's really no deficiency in his game. He's very well-rounded in all aspects of it. So yeah. I think his primary forte is d- defense, but, I mean, he can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid-range jumper. He can post up a little bit, drive through the hole. Yeah. I really, I think he's an outstanding pick. Collins has a three-point game now. Yes. Len has a three-point game. I was concerned with Len, but, yeah. yeah. It's like everyone can, can shoot the three. I, I think this, the saddest loss is definitely Deadman. Demon's uh, going to make a big difference, I think. Yeah, he was he was as solid as they they, they come for for big men, and we're definitely going to miss his his presence. Yeah, I think expectations at the beginning of the season kind of need to be tempered because Deadman, it's definitely yeah. a big loss. Uh, don't forget about Torian Prince mm-hmm. and yeah. Kent Bazemore. Like these were veteran players that were a big part of our core last I'm year. So happy Bazemore's gone. I, you were not a Bazemore guy, but he's also a guy who he was a leader. He was a leader, and he won us some games. So I, now we're relying on these rookies second year players third year players year players to be our guys and Vince Carter and Vince Carter <laughs> so and, and like some hodgepodge like Jabari Parker he's gonna have have some big games we have Chandler Parsons which is weird but I think he's hurt again yeah I'm not yeah I don't think he's really gonna contribute that much this year um but no I think the offense is gonna be there either way but it's just the defensive identity that's gonna have to figure itself out because right now you do have a rookie is your best defender on the team right now yeah, 
Um, but I think he can bring something that the, that, that the Hawks haven't had in the sense of, of a shutdown defender. You know, we were, I think, 11th in offensive efficiency in the NBA, but I think we were damn near 30th last year in, in defensive. Like, we were just a piss-poor defensive team. So I'm not expecting Trey Young to make a huge, huge strides defensively, but I think having a guy like Hunter who can come in and set the tone and show people how to play defense at a high level um, is really important. And he had a quote that I loved hearing from a rookie saying, he was just saying how you have to want to play defense in the NBA. So, right. like, I mean, and he's putting that out there for his teammates. He's not just saying that for himself. He's yeah. Like, if we're going to get better, you have to want to get better. Right. So for that to come from a rookie. That's great. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. So hopefully that's going to rub off on some of these guys. Yeah. No, I think, I think Hunter's just character like that too. I mean, he's always been known to be a, a big character guy. It's like a Muhammad Sanu. He's a Muhammad yeah. Sanu, but he has the potential to be like a stud. Yeah. Like, I, I like maybe not like uh, a LeBron type of player, but, you know, someone in the in the second tier. Like, like Rasheed like Rashid Wallace. Like Rasheed Wallace kind yeah. of thing. Ben Wallace kind of thing. Yeah. Not to say that he's, like, the same size, but just yeah. in terms of the, the pedigree of player. Just a nasty guy who will go out there and get you 18, 20 points, 12 boards, a few steals, a block or two. You know, just stuff the stat sheet and just be an all-around good player. Yeah, and much like a, a elite passer that you have on uh, on offense, having an elite defender can help lift up everybody else into wanting to defend too. Yeah, and it can also you know create more fast break opportunities. I mean, this team is tremendous in the open court when they get Trey moving. Um, you know, and he has the option to go to Collins or kick out Herder for three. You know, or, or to hit up hopefully Reddish for some some three point opportunities and and, and some alley oops. You know. Having the better defense will translate to maybe even a more prolific offense, which is very exciting. And Reddish, I mean, everyone forgets how good of a defender he was. I mean, I know he was he was injured a lot last year, but he was more well-known for his, his defense last year than his offense. A lot of people thought his offensive game wasn't quite where it needs to be, but the, uh, unequivocally across the board, everyone, all these different talking heads, and even if you just watch the game, you're like, man, the guy can really play some lockdown defense on the wing. I don't think I knew that about Reddish. Yeah. No, I think he's really going to help defensively as well. I think that's another reason why we took him. I mean, yeah, the offensive upside's there, but he's also another guy that can improve a team that is very flawed defensively. Yeah. So. And spacing-wise with Duke, he wasn't really utilized as best as he could be. Well, think about it, too. You have Barrett, Zion taking up all the usage. So yeah. it's like he was definitely third third fiddle. Mm-hmm. So He'll be splitting time with Herter for the, for the Pistons game, mm. which I think that's good. I think it's good to get a little... Uh, rookie attention. He's actually starting. Uh, Herder will be coming off the bench. Oh, really? For that, yeah. He was out all all preseason. Yeah. So Herder's only expected to play about 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see him in his second year as yeah. well, man. Like, yeah. He's, he's. You're hoping he's your your third best player on the team. I don't know. If, that would be interesting. I mean, that would be that would be great. Is if the expectations are maybe not quite met for Hunter and, and Reddish, but they're still like really good. And you got Herder, who's, who continues to make strides in his game. You know, make even more strides this year, and he's legitimately your third best player. I mean, that's that's good news. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to sit down and watch them tomorrow. See what they can do. Should be a winnable game in Detroit. You think this podcast can be out before that game? Probably. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> if we keep, ta- you know, the more we keep talking, the less likely it's right. Uh, that's a good point. It'll, it'll, That'd yeah. be like a Hawks preview episode after the season starts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, well, I'll go on record either way. I think that we will beat Detroit because Blake Griffin's out. Yes, and uh, and they're playing tonight as well, and yeah. so they're not going to be as. Fresh. They got to travel. Yeah, we're already in Detroit. 
So Atlanta needs a win, and we'll take a game one win. Yeah, we'll take anything at this yeah. point. Um, How many wins do you think we'll get in the season? I think we'll be like, I you know what? I was so optimistic for the Falcons, and because of the Braves just shitting the bed in the postseason, I'm like, it's hard for me to get optimistic again, but. I think we can win somewhere between what well, we won last year, like twenty six games, something like that. We're in the twenties. High twenties. High twenties. High twenties. I think we can win ten more games than we won last year. I think we wow. can I think we can knock on the door of forty wins. I'm not saying we're gonna get there, but I think we knock on the door. I think we can we secure a playoff seed, a low playoff seed, losing the first round, true to Atlanta, but show progress. I think that's the most important part of the season. If you want to attract the big free agents to come to Atlanta in the future, you start showing progress now. If you do not show progress, no one's going to give a shit. Yeah, it's, it, Lloyd Pierce is still saying, because I know there's a lot of fans that kind of have playoff hopes like Graham here, but Lloyd Pierce is still – I mean, you got to remember this is only his second year. This is only technically year two yeah. of the rebuild. I think the reason, though, why people are so excited is just because like, we saw the abilities of these guys coming together last year and what they can do and, and the fact that they're all like 20, I can take off years like old. Seven dudes that I'm excited to see develop this year. Exactly. I mean, like, like all with legitimate talent. You really hope that they continue to make the strides to become great players. All that being said, I think we'll, it'll kind of be similar to last year. We're going to struggle a bit at the beginning, gain momentum towards the end. Post All Star break, we'll start to find our groove. I yeah, think yeah. and I think that's 50, that's fair. I think thirty five wins, especially yeah. with bringing all these new guys in, like Parker, like Reddish and Hunter. These guys still got to jive together. They haven't played that much together, so I, I think starting out slow is is probably it's probably accurate. So thirty five yeah. wins. Okay, I'm right around there. Yeah. Okay, you guys think we make the playoffs? No. I don't know what the rest of the East looks like. No clue. Don't care. Okay. It's a good feeling to not, to not care have LeBron. about the playoffs at all. Yeah, and also not have LeBron just yeah. waiting for you. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic it's the East feeling. mediocre. Yeah, we'll sneak in. Yeah. I think it's entirely possible. Not worried about the Bobcats? No. Uh, I'm not worried about them either since they're defunct. But, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bobcats formerly known as... Or the Hornets, formerly known as the Bobcats, formerly known as the Hornets. I thought they were the Bobcats again. No, they're the Hornets again. Okay. Who can keep up with these? It's trains? tough. It's hard. So we'll beat the Bobcats. Yes, yes, we will. Right after we beat the SuperSonics, yeah. Yeah, the SuperSonics. We definitely got to watch out for them this year. I know they're a West, mm-hmm. Western Conference yeah. team, but Jesus Christ, see how SuperSonics. Nothing would make me happier though if we beat LeBron and his loser Lakers. Oh, though. that would be great. We did that last year when they came. But, like, in the standings overall. Oh, yeah. That would be even better. I still don't believe you can just plug two great players. They didn't look that good last night. I watched some of the games. And then just a bunch of trash pieces and get a championship well, team. They, 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 well, I think they have a better team this year. they got Kuzma as well. So you have kind of a big three of Kuzma, Davis, and LeBron. So I think I think they'll be decent. But, I mean, I think they'll probably get in the playoffs. But they ain't winning no championship. Yeah. No chance in hell. That was um, our attempt at national. Yeah, it's, NBA it just felt, it felt wrong. Yeah. It felt wrong. I hated it. I'm not doing it. Let's move on to the bastard stepchild. How's that sound? Atlanta United? Yes. Joseph. Yes. Atlanta United defeated New England. Are they called the Revolution? Yes. Wow, I got that right. Robert Kraft's team. Robert Kraft's team. Suck it, Robert. Who cares if you won that Super Bowl against us? We own your ass in MLS. 
Uh, one nothing on Saturday, so that was that was great. And MLS playoffs is single elimination. It right? is single elimination this year. Oh, the whole oh. thing. Yeah, the whole thing. There's the no series thing. at all. The whole thing is single elimination. Wow. Okay, well, that's exciting. I like that more than it was last year. The whole points thing was bullshit. I thought so. Oh yeah, I forgot about that stupid. Yeah, that was, that was weird. So they won. They win one nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about that game, what you saw that was encouraging, things that you might be worried about. Let's start with the encouraging stuff. What sure. Did you see? Well, since it's Atlanta, I'm going to start with the discouraging things. All right, fair. Well, I'm going to flip it on you. Okay. Okay. So, Miles Robinson got injured. Uh, what position does he play? He's a center back. So what does that mean? Uh, uh, he's a defender, <laughs> like in the middle oh, of the okay, field. Okay, we're yeah. in the playoffs. You, got, like, you can't still be on, like... Yeah. What is offside? Like, what are positions? I'm just. I don't know yeah. what a fucking center back what is. Sorry. What, do you know what a center back is? Yeah. Uh, bullshit. It's a what is a soccer player? Yeah. What does he do? Yeah, he's left side center. What is? What is? He's it? a defender. Yeah. Yeah. He just said that because Joseph did. I actually wasn't paying attention. No, but he actually That's got the left side correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do I know? <laughs> so it goes Brad Guzan and then him. So got he's it. like the last line of defense okay. before the goal. The sweeper, if you will. That's what it was known as when I was sure. playing soccer when I was five. Sure, yeah. The sweeper. That. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he got injured. Uh, if you remember back in the day, Tablo Cephalosha broke his oh, leg yeah. uh, from the New York cops, right? Yeah, that was bullshit. This is <laughs> at that tier. I don't know. But not with the, like, the all the extra stuff around he the was, New York He was stuff. out. Had, he didn't play in the game, no, right? No, he was at a national, U.S. men's national team okay. uh, game. And the he police didn't play. beat him in the no, foot? No, 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 okay. no, nothing about the police. All right. But he got benched, didn't play the game. Then the coach decided to do conditioning, uh, like a conditioning practice where he's, like, fully sprinting down, down the field. During After the game, the game After 11 p.m., he injures his hamstring. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> this is why I hate, this is why I hate, how for the soccer team, how the it's like the why, call-ups. Well, why are they why are they playing other? Just focus on Atlanta United. Don't go yeah. to your other teams. Don't do that shit. When it's the season, you're playing for Atlanta United only. Yeah, that's what I would prefer. Yeah, shit like that wouldn't happen. So imagine if Freddie Freeman goes to play for the Japanese All Stars <laughs> for like two weeks and we lose like ten games in the standings because he's not here anymore. <laughs> It'd be a kick in the nuts. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking bullshit. So yeah, you can choose to go up to the men's national team if you want to. I mean, uh, I know it's a great honor. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm being full of shit. So right now. Joseph pretty. decided not to go. Thank God. Um, he and probably, he probably yeah. shattered a testicle or something. <laughs> Parker or uh, uh, Miles Robinson decided to go, uh, but Frank DeBoer said. Just practice lightly with him, like he told the other head coach for the uh, men's national team to mm-hmm. practice lightly with him, and he didn't. Wow, that's a big story. Yeah. Uh, so, what are the repercussions of that? To, like the men's national team, they just say sorry. A sternly worded letter. That's probably as sternly harsh. worded letter. How European. <laughs> yeah, that uh, sucks, man. So, yeah. he, so is he out so, for wait, the whole playoffs? Maybe out for a few weeks. Fuck. Did you say this was after the New England game? This is before. before. Yeah, he didn't play. I, I kept right looking before playoffs. I kept looking for him. I was like, "What the fuck's Robinson?" That's like MLB changing the baseballs yeah. during the playoffs. That makes no sense. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyhow, Parker's <laughs> <laughs> similar. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so Parker's comes in. Right, sure. Uh, we bring in Parkhurst. It's his last year. He's the Brian McCann of soccer. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, he doesn't quite Brian McCann his way out. He does. He plays well, but uh, he ends up injuring himself, dislocating his shoulder. I saw that. Uh, and going out for the remainder of the season. So, so he's done. He's done. Fine. Okay. Um. So, 
At least he got injured during the game. Yes. That's 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 some consolation there. Yeah. Fought hard, just uh, came up a little short. Or yeah, Chris Martin. Yeah. Chris Martin pulled his oblique in a warm-up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Chris Martin. Our, yeah. our, yes, right. Correct. I yeah. keep going back to references we know. I was trying to like, is there Chris Martin on the United? I don't know about. <laughs> I didn't know we had that Pero guy. I'd never seen him before. Pereira? Uh, Dion Pereira? Or Pogo. What was that guy's name? Pogba? Pogba. Okay. <laughs> Pogo. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, there's another uh, player at, out in, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I can't even remember his first name. But there's another Pogba brother uh, okay. out uh, that's playing in, uh, out in uh, Europe right now. Mm. Really solid player, uh, but this is his, like, redheaded brother type of thing. He's just your redheaded stepchild. So we got the redheaded stepchild. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, he's big body a uh, solid player for the most part can sometimes get caught like Leandro uh, Perez. Uh. So yeah, I mean he did well. We did we did pretty well for the game overall. Uh, scored one zero. Playoff Franco Escobar comes in with a goal. That was again. a beautiful goal. Yeah, like that. That was a great pass. And then it looked like it looked like an old '90s video game where you know someone just you know it would stick out their leg and the ball just shoots off their foot kind of thing. There's not really a lot of animation there. Cheesing one-timers, yeah. Yeah, that was a great, great shot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, offense looked on for the most part, just kind of missed the goal for uh, some parts. And were, was on target a few times and just had uh, good good saves. Guzan had yeah. some incredible saves in that game, too. I mean, yes. he, really, he really was the MVP of that game, I thought, that yeah. match, excuse me. In terms of all the saves he made, I mean, they could have scored two or three goals. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, next game up is uh, Philadelphia Union. So this year... They beat New York, right? They beat the Red Bulls, the Red Bulls which is kind of like our kryptonite Yeah, team. our arch nemesis, so maybe yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, so uh, we lost to the Union 3-1 earlier this year, and we tied with them even earlier in the year, in like March. Okay. So They're uh, a lot better now, right? They, were, they, were, they didn't make the playoffs last season. Is that correct? I don't believe so, no. But I, I know they brought in a lot of... Lot, more new players mm-hmm. heard Guzan talking about this on the radio, uh, talking about how you know the complexion of the t- that team is different and they can't be considered uh, like they were last year. Like they have, to, you know, you really got to respect yeah. what they're doing now. They're very much a solid team, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's definitely going to be a, a tough road ahead, but uh, full confidence in the team. Uh, it's it's much like an any given Sunday type of situation. Yeah, despite the injuries, I still think we're in a good good position. Without without Miles, it does kind of uh, give me pause a little bit. But I, I think the depth is enough that we'll, we'll be able to eke out a win. Hmm. Um, if Miles was here, I'd be a lot more confident though. Is uh, so what? What does Philadelphia do that may be a problem for? For United, I mean they're just an all-around solid team defensively, offensively. Uh, so no, it, no deficiencies. Yeah, they're they're kind of like Sporting uh, Kansas City. Uh, what a stupid name! Yeah, I get that. I know. Sporting Kansas City. Uh, last year, just a generally solid team, solid passing. I, I mean, but they don't do anything spectacular. They're just yeah, nothing, nothing like uh, like a Carlos Vega yeah. uh, on LAFC. It's it. There's no no person like that on the team that's just going to completely stand out. No or, Joseph Martinez. No, no. But so uh, it's in Atlanta, right? It is in Atlanta. That's good. So we got a good home field advantage. Yeah. home field advantage is huge in soccer. Oh yeah, um, especially yeah. when you consider the atmosphere that the fans bring to United games. I mean, <laughs> it's it's. 
I, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty special. Crazy. You know? It's the same stadium that you that I witnessed during Falcons game. And there's like twenty thousand people there, just mulling around, yeah. being depressed. Yeah. And then you know, you've got people waving flags, getting yeah. drunk. At least we're not the Chargers. So, if you saw the Steelers Chargers game. I didn't, but I heard about it. It was basically a Steelers game at that like, oh, That's like, crazy. Yeah, it was insane how many people, huh. were, like, yeah, how many Steelers fans were there. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I mean, the atmosphere is great. I, I think that really helps with it, uh, like, hype up the team. Have you been to a game yet, Graham? United? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been to, like, five games or okay. something. Yeah. No, I've, I've gone to a decent amount. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a fantastic environment. I didn't think... Um, yeah, there are a couple of games I went to where I was like, I don't think this is like the greatest environment of all time. And then there were a few games I went to where I was like, okay, this is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. I would like to go to a game and actually sit down or get in seats, even if I'm standing up the whole time. Because yeah. the only time I've times I've gone, I've just done standing room. Mm-hmm. I think I would get the full experience there. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I I respect it. I've come down from my United uh, high horse in the sense of of, of chastising. It just doesn't. You know, it, it, it doesn't help anything to shit on uh, an Atlanta sports team that maybe you're not as invested in. But, you know, what, what's the point of doing that? It's like just because there's all these you know new fans out there, these millennial fans or these transplants that really <laughs> embrace the team. The majority, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the fans are like that, but they don't embrace the other teams as much. I can't hold that against them. Although how pissed off were you? When Brewhouse had the United a regular season United game on every single TV except one, when the Braves had a game four, uh, I game did three. I, I did hate that. I did hate that because it's like, and I would think the same if it was maybe not as passionately, but I would also think like you know if it's United playoffs and the Braves had a regular season game, obviously you should show the United game more because it's playoffs. Sure. It just felt very disrespectful that it's like playoff baseball with a team that's been here since 1966. Has the best chance they've had in 20 years to actually win a playoff series, and you're going to put almost every single television on in your bar to the United but regular it's a soccer season bar. soccer game. I get it, but it's like <laughs> Jesus God. The ratio doesn't have to be 15 to one. Exactly. Right. It was even more than that. It was like 20 to 28 to three. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was that was sharp. That was sharp. Sure. Um, I'm still not like. If United loses on tomorrow, I'm not. I'm still not going to be like. What time is that game? Uh, I think it's seven or eight. Yeah, somewhere on there. Yeah. Seven. Um, Flipping back and forth between that and the Hawks game. Yeah. If, if for example, if United loses tomorrow, I'm not going to be depressed about it. But if um, you know, so I'm I'm still not like super emotionally invested in United, but I, I still want them to do well. I still you know moderately care about them. Soccer's just not in my blood, but I don't have to be an asshole about it. I mean, even <laughs> for even for me, like. Having Atlanta United lose a game like that, it depends on how they lose. I, I mm-hmm. feel more than anything. They also won a championship. Yeah, so that that helps. So if three championships, leave, if you really yes. want to get technical. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started there. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go down that road. But uh, but yeah, uh, even if they lose this playoffs, I, I'm okay with the season. It's a new coach still. Like he transformed this team completely during the season. Which is kind of surprising. I mean, yeah. One thing I heard that was crazy is that he uh, asked them, I think, before this game, what formation they wanted to do. I don't know the four two two one and all that bullshit, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying he like literally asked him, "Do you want to do four two two one or three one three five two three five two or whatever it was?" 
and they told him what formation they wanted to do, and he was like, cool, let's roll with it, yeah. which seems to be... That's a huge transformation. Yeah, the antithesis yeah. of how he was in the beginning, where he's like, I'm Frank DeBoer, you'll do what I say, I look like a porn star, and you'll do what I say. Porn star? He just looked like one of those, you know... More like a, like a Russian he looked like a, agent. He looked like a Russian... He looked like a Russian porn star. Are you like, attracted to no, Frank DeBoer? I'm just saying, it's like, you know, you watch... When, when there's pornography on, right? <laughs> when it's, <laughs> when it's just out and about. Well, I'm just saying it's just like he, he he's he's in like really you know he's in good shape and he just looks like a guy. It's Frank DeBoer sexy. I'm not saying he's sexy. I'm just saying it's like he looks very serious and stern, and he's chiseled and he just looks like a porn star to me. I don't know. Anyway, he just looks. There's like, no backing here. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Regardless of, of that, of, take from that what you will. But what I'm saying is, he You're looked not like allowed to edit that out. By the way, that's fine. <laughs> he, he, he looked. He looked like a no bullshit kind of guy. Like I'm going to shove my fist down your throat, not to get sexual again, and and you're going to do what I say, kind of thing. I'm going to kick you in the ass, and and whatever you say doesn't matter. But now it's like he's actually consulting with his players. Not, I don't think, in a sense of just saying, like, I don't know what to do, but, like, what do you think puts you in the best position to succeed, which is something that all, you know, that's amount of United fans were very much against. Yeah, no, he is, he is a very... And not being collaborative. I, I will agree he is a very stern type of coach coming from, from Ajax, and, uh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, he, he definitely transformed how he coaches here. Yeah, uh, he spent a lot more lax with practices, like we said before. But right, it seemed uh, like he yeah. was putting us at a detriment in the beginning of the season. Now he's he's trying to utilize the team. Mm-hmm. He's understanding what the team strengths yeah. are and realizing like we can we can meld and mesh together, which I think is fantastic yeah. on his part. Yeah, I'm just honestly surprised we pulled together such a good front office and coach and coaching system throughout these these few years. Same being owner. an Atlanta team. Yeah, same owner as the Falcons too. Yeah. Don't forget. Oh, geez. That just makes me think of something. If having Arthur Blank get an MLS Cup, does that affect his decision-making about firing Dan Quinn? Like, he's happy. He has an air of happiness around him from winning an MLS Cup. I don't, I don't think Arthur affects, Blank's happy. It affects no. his, uh, no, his decision-making. So. I think his big thing is, is, like, he wants a Super Bowl so bad. I heard he walks back past his trophy case, and there's the NFC Championship trophy there. And there's an empty spot where the Super Bowl trophy should be, and an empty spot in his heart. And an empty spot in his heart, and he just like like someone. I remember a story I read. It was like either a year, it was either last year or the year before, where there's a story. It's like Arthur Blank like walked up to the trophy case and just looked at it for like ten seconds, and then just walked away. Jeez. He didn't even like I had no no expression. He just looked at it as arms crossed. Poor Arthur. Looked at the empty spot and then just kept walking. What could have been? How different we would be if we just won that Super Bowl, Graham. I think our, we would have much better lives. <laughs> I would be a lot more optimistic. I'd be a lot happier, I think. I think well, our sports really takes it out of me, man. I think I, we would be very much the same. But I think I would be able to you look. You would have been heartbroken after 2017, losing the playoffs. Not if we won the it's Super Bowl. It's unacceptable. No, no, the Super Bowl. You cannot win a Super Bowl. I would have, I would have reacted I actually reacted to that loss okay. I just sat outside for like 20 minutes and then I came back in and just got really drunk. Whereas <laughs> I didn't cry. Whereas the Super Bowl, we all know how that turned out. Got blackout drunk, cried a lot, punched a house, tore up grass, and then <laughs> I and think then after, was still drunk the next morning. After winning a, the, like a first Super Bowl, you're still basking in the afterglow a few of seasons course. after. Yeah. So even if you lose in the playoffs, you're still uh, still got a Super Bowl. I mean, that's what I would it's think. Like, we yeah. don't know. I think it'd be like the Cubs. I think the Cubs are still okay if they lose now. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? The great thing about it is they still fired Joe Madden. Wasn't getting the job done. 
you're a cutthroat type of guy nowadays, Graham. I'm just saying. Like, those are the franchises that win shit. Things aren't working. This is what Atlanta's made him. It's also dangerous to just bop around from coach to coach. It is. It is. But you have to have a fine line. But you also got to realize when things aren't working. Sure. Seems like a good way to wrap it up. (laughs) To wrap up this podcast. Well, Joseph, thanks for coming on to the show today. It was fun. Let's hope uh, United pulls out a victory tomorrow and we can talk more soccer next time. Yeah. Isn't that, does that get you excited, Adam? So stoked. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Until, wait. Can't wait to hear you talk about Frank DeBoer a little more. Yeah, that was, that was, that was fun. I don't, know what, I don't know what happened there. We'll talk about his beard here next. Yeah, his yeah. beard here. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not professing my love for Frank DeBoer. He's it's, just groomed well, right? <laughs> I don't know. I used to watch a lot of porn back in my day. Okay, see, You see guys that look like that. That's all. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, remain true to Atlanta. Hospital Hospital